renewal of your mind. And I went ahead to check other um, transcriptions of the, the same Bible verse. I saw changing, I saw renewal, and I keep seeing renewing. So it means that the Bible is not telling us to renew. It's not telling us to do it as a one-off thing. It's telling us to consistently renew ourselves. That is, be not conformed to this word. That is, there's already a standard of the word. And the Bible says we are not of God. We are not of the word, but of God. Praise God. So we are not to conform to the situation that is going on. We are not to agree. Don't align yourself to what is going on. So you have to continually renew your mind. Continually renew your mind. You have to tell yourself who you are. I am a child of God. You tell yourself consistently because situations can come and you want to doubt who you are. But when you consistently renew your mind, you know where you are and what you stand for. Praise God. So I'm going to list the four ways to control your human spirit. Because either you are saved or you are unsaved. There's a spirit in you and you hear voices whether you like it or not. Something is talking. Either it's the spirit of God or the spirit of the devil is overshadowing the spirit of God in us. So number one thing is we meditate on the word of God. Joshua 1.8 It says, This book of the law shall not depart from our mouth, but you will meditate therein day and night that you will make your way prosperous and you have good success. What does this say to us? God wants us to have good success. He wants us to excel. He wants us to have the best and the best of everything. But how do we actually get this done? By meditating day and night. You know that the word of God is actually very simple. We don't need to go deep like climbing mountains and doing things, make, doing difficult things. People prefer doing those things. You know, it sounds difficult to achieve. So you feel like you are doing a whole lot. But the word of God is very simple. It says meditating on the word of God. Praise God. When I was reading the book, I didn't, you know, I was just preparing for the review. I didn't know I was going to be talking here. Praise God. The Holy Spirit gave me an example. That is, when you are invited to a buffet event, praise God. You know, you want to go light because you want to be part of everything that is going to happen there, praise God. You want to have the best of the best. That's the same way it is when you are meditating. You have the opportunity to go as deep as you want to go. You have the opportunity to read the word and go in things. You are serving yourself as much as you can, praise God. We have practicing the word. James 1 verse 22, it says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. You are not practicing by keeping the Ten Commandments. You know, when we were young, what we knew as God's commandments, we knew that when we do those ten things, we are going to heaven. Praise God. But it is beyond the Ten Commandments. We have more. We have to consistently practice what the word says. According to Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So, but then, in chapter 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. But most of us want the chapter 7, but we don't want to do the chapter 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Yes, we love to pray. 
but sincerely can you tell yourself that you are not being anxious when something happens when something goes wrong beyond your own control can you tell yourself are you, are you true to yourself that you are not anxious so let's practice what the word says exactly as it says it praise god and what are the things that we are supposed to do philippians 4 8 it says finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things so the bible already made it easy for us we know what we are thinking about right so the situation of the country now is very true right but the bible says that whatsoever are of good report it is true but it is not of good report praise god so whatsoever is true whatsoever is honest whatsoever is just whatsoever things are pure let us think on these things praise god and also give the word first place the bible says my son attend to my words and incline thy ear unto my saying pastor has said this thing before he said family and friends they wish you well so when you when you have a situation and everybody's all around you do this do that you don't even remember that the first thing that is supposed to happen is you putting god first holy spirit what should i do god what should i do it doesn't come to our mind we just want to be in the haste and get things done so when it doesn't work out our way we then remember that there's somebody that we are supposed to go to praise god god is not our last option he's not just there so that when things you know we call god god of 11th hour that is because we did not go first we didn't go early enough so we now call god god of 11th hour because he will show up when we go and the thing is about to go wrong praise god thank you so much my time is up now good evening church good evening pastor good evening first lady um, can I use this opportunity to say thank you to the church for my wedding? Um, on behalf of my wife and I, I want to say a very big thank you um, for the prayers and then for the sacrifices. I really appreciate it. Okay, so back to today's job. Um, Papa Iege is out to, le- out to be led by the Spirit of God. In chapter 1 to 6, he broke down um, the, anat- the anatomy of man. For you to be led by the Spirit, you need to know your stance. You need to know what you are and where you come from. So, in chapter 1 to 6, it was basically in breaking down like the content, that the content of the makeup of man, which is your spirit, your soul, and your body. And then, um, he made us come to the understanding that man is first initially a spirit. Then you have a soul and a mind. Your soul and your mind is where the intellectual your mind, your thoughts, and all of those things um, happen. But in your spirit is what you are first. You are initially, Pastor always say, your body is just a case. When the person dies, he always gives that example. When the person dies, you see the body, but what makes up the content of that man has already left. So chapter 1 to 6 basically was covering, was just, um, it was a summary, was trying to give us that idea of what we are as spirit beings. Then he said also that he talked about the salvation of the soul. Now, when it is the spirit that is the reborn again, 
then the soul is renewed by the word, like Mrs. Adeleke quoted. He said, be you transformed by the renewal of your mind. So it is in the place of the renewal of your mind. And how do you renew your mind? By constantly meditating on the word of God. Then chapters 17 to 19 talks about basically how you can be led by the Spirit. The first way you will be led by the Spirit is through your inward witness. It is that um, uh, pastor used to make jokes with us that and you say that when you say something told me, it is not something that told you. The Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are called the sons of God. And also the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of the Most High God. So it is the Holy Spirit witnessing you are led by the, you just know. You particularly, you particularly can't pinpoint it physically that, or, or explain it. And that is one. Then also the voice, as spirit beings, your spirit man has a voice of his own. In English, or should I say layman, we call it conscious. But then uh, Papa Igis put a caveat. He said for you to, to, be truly, to be truly sure about what your conscience is speaking, it means that conscience, your spirit itself, has been subjected to the world, has been refined by the world. That's when if you have a thought as a Christian, as a believer, you're almost sure that what you're saying or what you're doing or what you're about to go and do is not a misdirection or anything because your spirit itself has been subjected to God. So it, is, it has its own voice also. It's a man on its own. So it's a spirit beneath it has its own voice. So it is through that voice to talk to you. Then thirdly, he talked about the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is the voice, should I say the voice of God. It is very authoritative. It is not like your spirit, it's not like the voice of your spirit that probably is just something you say some people say that small voice in you the voice of the holy spirit is very authoritative when you hear it it's almost like you hear a very loud bang in your in your voice or in your spirit man so those are the three ways of being led by the spirit then being those are the three primary ways of being led by the spirit so he also said something he said he said that um in trying to be led by the spirit some people look for the spectacular oh i want to receive a vision he even said that he himself had just received and opened a vision 18 times, I think, in all of his life. So as Christians, we should stop looking for the spectacular. Oh, God, show me a sign. Or you say, uh, let me put out a fleece, just the way um, Gideon did. God, if you really, truly have sent me, do this, do that. No, we have gone beyond that. We are New Testament prophets, yeah? So we have the Spirit of God. We don't need to send out, send, send something like, God, if you do this, if you want me to do this, do that. No. We are New Testament Christians. We are New Testament prophets. We have gone beyond that level. So, um, then also, like Mrs. Adelike said, there are ways you can train your spirit through meditation of the word, through practice of the word, through giving the word the first place, then instantly obeying the voice of your spirit. We could pick, up, we could pick this up also in Father Abraham. Every time God said, even before probably the next thing he's going to do is what God said. So there is a place also for instantly obeying the Spirit. Now, to be led by the Spirit, really, yeah, you have to first learn to be led by the Word. If you can't be led by what you're reading from the Bible, you can't be led by the Spirit. Because this is something, that these are instructions that are obvious to us. So if you cannot receive already from what is written, what you can see, 
So how are you going to be led by what you cannot see, what you can only sense? He also talked about um, sensing the spirit, that we don't feel the presence of God, we sense the presence of God. You don't say it's not an emotion, it's a spiritual thing, a spiritual connection, spirit talking to spirit and all of that. Then the best part in all of this for me was the last part of this old book. He said, get over to the field realm and into the spirit realm. Faith is of the spirit and that is where great things happen with exclamation mark. Meaning for you to do remarkable things, it is in the zone of the spirit. It is not from, um, okay, for example, you just say, oh, I had an idea. Can you really say that? Okay, oh, I had an idea. You want to physically say, okay, this is the idea. I'm holding it. Everything we have from the spirit realm. So ideally, what I got from the book, for example, the next day when I was reading one of these chapters, the next day when I was reading, my tongue changed. I practiced what I had learned the day before. I was praying in tongues in the morning, and then I just decided to bring, and then I just remembered a particular chapter. There was a part where a woman was trying to, was trying to explain to a woman how to get um, the spirit in her, and then he just told him that you just feel something from your inside. So he said he's going to sit down on the chair and let the woman just observe them. And she observed. And then Papa Ignis went and he started praying. And then she was like, okay, I saw it. I saw there was an instant change. You know, there's a time you are praying in the spirit and then you start laughing. You start smiling. You start having flashes and all of that. So also, he also, um, he also talked about how to check the, how to check what you're should I say the voice of the Spirit? The first place to check also the voice of the Spirit is also again the Word. The Bible said it in a place. It said there are many, these voices, are, there are many voices. But once you say um, you heard something from the Spirit, go and check the Bible. Does it conform? And even pastors have wondered severely about that. Does it conform to what is in the Word? Not that you say that uh, the Spirit said I should go to the north. And inside the Bible it says go to the south. So although, so there should be, there is always a balance. In the end, for me, I think the Word itself is the Spirit. If you can follow the Word, then easily you'll be led by the Spirit. Thank you very much. Good evening, church. Celebrate you, sir, Pastor and First Lady, and I celebrate uh, my fellow pair, panelists, and um, the church. Yeah. See, I may not be able to download everything they've downloaded because I will be very truthful. I've not read it like to detail. But one thing that jumped out to me first was um, the first um, Bible quotation. Um, that was a Roman 8. 13 that says for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god and something came to me that okay so even if you call yourself a christian and you are not allowing the spirit of god to lead you then automatically you are not a child of god like you are not led so it's either you are led or you are not being led like pastor we always say something that it's either you put god first or God, God is not even involved at all. So for, the, for you to call yourself a child of God, firstly, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. And there was this line that said in Hors that the, the God has given us a helper and a friend. But as, as some of us don't even realize the fact that we have that helper within us. When I was trying to, when I was reading, I was um, some pictures were just coming to my mind. that I just see... Um, we Christians, as a as our body, as a house, 
then um, the spirit, because we have the spirit, we have the mind, we have the soul. Our spirit being like one, an human, a human in that house, probably you have um, a, a father somewhere who is God, who wants to send you a messenger. That messenger is the Holy Spirit. And you are not, maybe you are in that house, or you have so many resources, you have so many things you want to reach out to, so many things you actually need. But because you are not connected to that spirit, maybe the spirit just came in as a messenger and is trying to locate you, but you are not even giving that spirit attention. You are there carrying your own spirit as a, as a human in, the home, in that house, walking around, like struggling, trying to get things done. And a messenger has been sent to you, but you are not even connected connecting at all so you just keep struggling and going through things like going through life as if you don't have a father somewhere and eventually you see yourself stressing yourself more and at the end of like um, mrs adeleke said then eventually you now think okay i have maybe i even have a message and then you now remember god that okay let me go to god the 11th hour god as she said then that's when most of us go back to god and realize that oh i've done it the other way around. Then one other thing I also noted, I also got from the book is that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in our body, in our spirit, not our body. I I used to think, okay, the Holy Spirit, okay, lives in our spirit. So the the thing was like confusing to me. But reading further down, there was a part that it said that um, the Holy Spirit speaks through to us through our. Um, our inner mind. So there's a way, it's like to me, it's like a code and decode. Like there's a uh, code from the Holy Spirit, then it speaks to our spirit, then our spirit speaks to our mind. Because with what I saw, I realized that our mind is actually canal. That's why sometimes the Holy Spirit is telling you, the Spirit is telling you to do something, but your mind is telling you the other way around. So as a son of God, as a child of God, we shouldn't be led by our mind. Because so many times you might just say, oh, I want to do something. Like, um, like it's like the normal thing for most people that okay this thing should be this way it should be done this way whereas the Holy Spirit is telling you no do it the other way around and you are thinking okay this is the way every other person will have done it but when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you mostly it connects with our spirit not with our mind then and not with our body then the, body, the mind is going to translate it and uh, give it out to our body then we react to whatever then another thing I also got from the book is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God dwelling in us, our body, okay, I've already said that our body is like a house, our spirits are the human living in it, and only when we allow a messenger go from the Father and in time he will, our, our Father will be able to communicate with us. I already said that. Then, um, Another thing I wrote down here is that some of us claim to depend on the Holy Spirit but still want to use our mind. The only way her mind can be right is if we allow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We must also trust and believe the Holy Spirit. Then there was this um, thing um, um, Papa Ege said about when he was sick, that there was a time he was really, really sick and he was... Um, on the sick bed, his mom came to him and was talking about uh, his elder brother. Then I think at a time, to, he wanted to recover. And one thing that came to my mind there was what Pastor said about when he used to have uh, malaria. 
then it was like he like like i think at that point it was his spirit that was manifesting and talking to god that god is it that you take this away is it that you do this or i don't come out of this room or i die here so that part just uh, resonated with me in a way when he said um started praying then the bible verses that came to him was james um 14 15 he said is any any sick among you let him call for elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the lord then verse 15 and the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the lord shall raise him up and if he and he and if he have committed sins they shall be forgiven so i wrote something out here that when he said is anyone think I'm among you let him call to the elders his own mind was on calling the elders so that was to me i think that was his mind talking to him that okay let me call elders then the holy spirit spoke to him in his very very still small voice that okay you don't even have to call elders that the same bible said and the prayer of the faith shall save the sick then he thought of it that okay do i really have that faith okay i have the faith then the holy spirit was the one communicating with him the other um to counter the mind so he was thinking as human but as long as he had as immediately he allowed the holy spirit to come over him and communicated with him he realized that he started um getting his again his recovery and before he knew it he was made whole so i think the other parts that i was going to talk about was how to train the human spirit but i think they already talked about it they, by meditate, meditating on the word then by practicing the word by giving the word first place that one is very very important most of us most of us even me you still want we still want to do it our own way and there's something pastor always say that most times when you put god first in a day you see things going easier and faster for you but most times we just want to be stubborn and like okay let me just do this first and go back then eventually you see that your day is wasted and you couldn't really make anything out of it i just want to urge us to always um allow the spirit of the lord to lead us daily thank you Amen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Pastor and First Lady. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much, sir. So, um, this this morning, Sister Susan messaged me that I'll be taking this, uh, I'll be one of the panelists. And she even messaged me in the morning, you know, on Wednesday morning, when going to work, so no time to revise. And... Uh, I did plan. <laughs> but thank God for my panelists here, and they've done a great job. Let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. Because when they were talking, I was actually jotting some things that I was learning. Thank God. <laughs> so, how to be led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth E. again. Uh, media, you are going to help me. Romans, 6, Romans 8, verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans 8, verse 16, same 8, verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit is not bearing witness with our body, it's not bearing witness with our soul, it's bearing witness with our spirit. So one of the, the only way God leads us is by leading us through our spirit. And Proverbs 20, verse 27 I'm getting this from the book. Oh. Don't say I didn't read it. 
Proverbs 20 verse 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So, one of the ways, and something about candle, you know, then in the olden days, it was candle they used. Now we can say the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, or light of, of the Lord. Or, oh, she said the electricity of the Lord. I didn't say that. So, the spirit of man, so, and one thing that light does is, it gives you clarity. It makes you see. You know, so one way God leads us, the way God gives us clarity is through our spirit. That's why I said the spirit of man. Didn't say the spirit of um, of God is the light. He said the spirit of man. So God leads us is the spirit and leads us to our own spirit. That's why a song says, Father to child, spirit to spirit. I'm lighted by your word. Spirit to spirit. And to understand this thing better, we need to like what uh, Mr. Wonikoku said. Uh, he, we need to understand the anatomy of man. It's a man that's from Genesis 1 verse no, First Thessalonians 5 verse 23. He said man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. So saying this, we have to be conscious of that we are a spirit. We are first a spirit. Then we have a soul and we live in a body. So the real us is the spirit. Because most times, most of us, we are not conscious that the real loss is the spirit. We feel because the physical one that we are seeing is the body. So we feel the real one is the, spirit, is the body. That's why you see a man that is dead, you still see the body there, but the spirit is gone. The real man there is gone. So this Bible verse says, man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in the body. So if we say this thing, if we are meditating on this, we will have that consciousness that we are first a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in the body. You can say it with me, say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in the body. And this uh, soul and spirit, you know, so, sometimes I used to thank God for pastor. He gave us the understanding. Let's celebrate him. Give us the understanding that, that the soul and the spirit is different. The soul is the will. The will, the mind, and the emotions. Pastor Amagai, sir, the, the will, the mind, and the emotion, yes. So the soul is the Spirit, the mind, the will, the mind, and the emotion. So that intellect, the way we think, is that's from the soul. The body is the physical one we are seeing, and our spirit is the inward man. So God takes care of, uh, takes care of our spirit. It says in Genesis 1, 26 to 27, it said, God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. That image is talking about is our spirit. created us in his own image. So we are we are created in likeness of God. That's our spirit. And our spirit is being renewed every day. It's in the Bible that our spirit is being renewed every day. But our body and our soul, you know, we are the one that, should, that will decide how to take care of that. Our body and our soul. It's our responsibility to do that. And one of the ways we can take care of our body is also in the Bible that we should take care of our body by presenting our body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable, reasonable service. We present our body as a only present our body as a living sacrifice, only unacceptable unto God. So there is a part when Jesus said, uh, "Out we are taking care of our body." When Jesus said, "If um, your eyes cause you to sin, you pluck it out," or and if your hand causes you to sin, you should cut it off. Yes, you know. Thank God, Jesus does not mean what is not what we actually thought. Because imagine if it's actually the truth that if our eyes cause us to sin, I will plug it out and cut it off. You know, imagine you see two brothers at work, 
coming towards each other, one with one eye, the one, the other one with one hand. And when they want to get each other, they just say, Christian, yeah, yeah, Christian, 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 all right. So that's how you recognize Christian. Maybe one hand is not working. God is not saying that. Jesus is not saying that. What he actually means is, if something is causing you to sin, maybe there's an app that is making you do what you don't want to do, cut it off, delete it. It's better not to have that app than to go to hell. So that's what Jesus is talking about. Something that is causing you to sin, that is causing your body to sin, you cut it off. Don't cut your hand off of and one of the ways to take care of our mind is, she has mentioned it, Mrs. Adelika has mentioned, to be conformed to this world by, trans- to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do we renew our mind? By hearing and hearing the word of God. To when we renew our mind. But our spirit, you know, we've differentiated now the soul and the spirit. The soul is the will, the mind, and emotion. Our spirit is the inward man. So, and in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, it says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So, with this word, we will understand that mind is different from spirit. Because that mind is the understanding. Understanding is part of the mind. So, the understanding is unfruitful. But when we pray in, this, in tongues, our spirit prays. So that's one of the ways to, that's why most times when you are praying in tongues, you notice that you get instructions. The reason why you are getting instructions is because God is leading us through our spirit. And when we are praying in tongues, we are awakening that spirit. So that spirit is sensitive to receive from God. But when we don't pray in tongues, you know, you might not get much instruction. So if, that's what pastors always say too, that if you want to receive more instruction from God, you pray in tongues. You pray because that's your mind is not working then. It's your spirit that is praying. That's why most times you won't understand what you are saying. You know, a, man, a young man have come to meet me before one day. He said he was trying to pray in tongues. And he said, but one, thing, one uh, spirit is telling him that he does not understand. That he's, praying, he's saying rubbish. I said, don't worry, you won't understand. Just continue praying. Because it's your spirit that is praying. Your mind is the one that will understand. So your mind is, is unfruitful. So that's why one, the way God leads us is through our inward man. And one way to quicken that inward man to make it sensitive is by praying regularly in the spirit. So when we pray regularly in the spirit we know that our spirit is praying and our mind is unfruitful. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you Pastor and First Lady for this opportunity. You have invested in us, and um, for us to be here, it is great for us to review this book. It's a sign of growth on my own part. Um, I, find I don't even know what to say because my co-panelists have said it all. So what I'm going to say is not going to be the icing on the cake. It's going to be the cherry on top. Praise God. So first of all, I'm going to talk about the language of the book, how you know, it is written. The author employed very simple English, the, um, the choice of words, how it is formed. is easy to understand. And um, for every point that is mentioned in the book, um, he always supports with a reference to the Word of God and to practical experiences, which makes it very relatable for me. So I'm going to be reviewing it like that as well. So first of all, I want to say that I've been a Christian all my life, and um, I was raised in church, and I never knew that 
I can be in a position where, you know, God will talk to me. Because growing up, I think um, I usually thought that um, only anointed men of God, prophets and prophetess, could hear from God. You know, it's amazing when you see a pastor preaching, um, especially when I see Daddy Adeboye is preaching and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. My daddy just told me, and in my mind, I'm thinking, how did your daddy tell you? Was he whispering? And then you say, oh, my daddy just told me. Like, I've been really curious. And thank God for the Gateway Church because I've come to the understanding that no matter who you are, as long as you open your heart, you're broken, and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are entitled to that, which is also highlighted in the book. And everyone has spoken about that. As long as you are a child of God, it's a follow-com package. Like, it's, it's not it's negotiable. Like, you have to be led by the Spirit. And if you are not being led, you need to open up your heart to experience it because it's a very, very amazing thing to experience. Praise God. So, it was also highlighted in the book that man is a spirit being. So, another thing that also crossed my mind growing up was, you know, when we read, when we read Genesis and it's being explained that, oh, we are created in the image of God. I used to wonder... How can, we be in, how can we be created in the image of God? Like, what exactly? If God is the benchmark, why do we come in different shapes and colors? Why do we have different hair textures and all that? You know, I used to wonder. And it said in the Bible that we are created in the image of God. So while I was reading the book, um, Pastor Kenneth, you know, he highlighted that um, according to, he referred to John chapter 4 verse 24, where Jesus was speaking and he said, God is a spirit. And that is why human, we are spirit beings as well. Because we are created in the image of God. God is spirit. So I used to think it was, you know, our physical image. Oh, is God dark-skinned? Is he light-skinned? What's going on? Like if God is the benchmark, why do we have different, you know, different faces, different shapes and all that? So now I've come to the understanding that God is spirit. And therefore, so we are also spirit beings. We just see ourselves physically this way, but deep down, you know, our spirit man, we are, our spirit man is housed in our body. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 also states that our outward man, which is the flesh, it ages, it perishes, but our inward man lives on. God is not a dead man. the same yesterday, today, and forever. Before we were born, he was, you know, he had already been existing. And after we are gone, he will still exist. So also, since we are in the image of God, our spirit also lives on. It doesn't perish. After we have done our time on earth, after we have ended our journey, our spirit still continues. Praise the Lord. So um, also in the book, um, everyone has spoken about it. That, um, our, but our spirit man, please. Okay, man is a spirit being that has a soul and lives in the body. So, um, Pastor Kenneth, you know, distinguished between the soul and spirit. And he says that with our body, we access the physical realm. With our spirit, we access the spirit realm. With our soul, we access the intellectual realm. And just like they have said, what is our, our soul is comprised of um, our feelings 
emotions, you know, basically our mind, our mental, our mentality, like things that we can't see that obscure to the eyes, but that we feel, that we experience, and that we can control. But the spirit being is, is the one we can't control. We can control our intellect. We can control our thoughts, what crosses our mind. We can control our body. We can control how we use it, but for our spirit is basically for the spirit realm, to tap into the spirit realm. Praise God. And, um, you know, and as spirit beings, it is okay for us to also speak in tongues, because speaking in tongues is, based on my own understanding, actually, is just like the language of the spirit. So a friend of mine invited me to a fellowship one day, because, you know, in my church, my, my, where I grew up, so it was believed that um, everyone, we all have our gifts. For some, it is speaking in tongues. For some, it is interpreting. For some, it is teaching. For some, you know, whatever your gift is, don't bury your talent. You have to use your talent on this earth. And, you know, so my friend invited me to a church. And, you know, she just invited me to experience their service. And then, you know, I was enjoying the service. And then we started praying. And the person who did the prayer just said, if you are baptized, the Holy Ghost starts speaking in tongues. And in total coordination, everybody just started speaking in tongues. Like, it was really weird to me. And in my mind, I was like, the audacity and the temerity. Like, <laughs> are you anointed? Like, so in my mind, so after the service, my friend asked me, and she was like, oh, did you enjoy the service? How was it? And, that, and, and I told her, I told her in my mind, I said, I enjoyed the service, but I don't understand where everybody is now speaking in tongues. Do you guys even understand what you're saying? What if you're cursing yourself? And I told her to explain to her. She was trying to explain to me that hey, it is from within. I said from within. I said from within, from within. But thank God for the gateway church. Thank God for pastor and this book. Now I know that it is from the spirit. And it's not for us to understand. We're speaking mysteries. And it's the language of the spirit. Physically, we can't understand or comprehend it. And it is okay. Praise the Lord. So that's what I learned. Thank you. I want us to open to the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 12. Romans chapter 8 verse 12. Romans chapter 8 verse 12. And also... Oh, sorry, Romans 8.14, yeah. Romans 8.14. So I want us to read it together. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Now to break this down for us, and using the story of the prodigal son, um, we all know the story of the prodigal son, like coming to the awareness that, okay, my father have a lot, I can take my own portion and live on my own. And after a while, experiencing life and everything, he realized that, okay, what if I go back to my father's house? Even if I'm a servant in my father's house, I will still have enough to put in my mouth and have as food. But on going back to his father's house, when his father saw him, his father accepted him back as his own son. So, and this says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Now, some people might feel like, okay, I don't listen to God, I don't hear from the Spirit, I don't hear from the Holy Spirit. Does that mean I am not a son or a daughter of God? 
He says, for as many as are late. So what we only need to do is to activate that portion in our life. It's to activate our inner man. As Paul said in the Bible, that the spirit is our inner man. And the Bible also says that God, when on God creating man, he says, let us create man in our own image. In our own image. And as our panelist has broken down for us, it says, a man is a spirit, a soul, and a body. So it comprises of three. A spirit, a soul, and a body. The spirit comes first, the soul comes second, and the body comes last. And the spirit is our inner man. The soul is the mind. And the Bible also says that do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of a mind. So if you are being led by the spirit, what you need to do to the soul is what? To have a constant renewal of your mind, which is the soul. And how can you renew your mind? Is by what? By feeding on the world consistently. So now let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 42, verse 19 to 20. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 19 to 20. I will love it from the message translation. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 19 to 20. It says, Who is blind? Okay, you are my servant, and you are not looking. You are my messenger, and you are not listening. The very people I depended upon, servants of God, blind as bats, willfully blind. You've not seen a lot, but looked at, you've seen a lot, but looked at nothing. You've had everything, but listened to nothing. The Bible also says that um, the eyes, the, the seeing eyes, and the yearning ear, the Lord has made them all. But in this verse, it's saying, you've looked a lot, but you've seen nothing. You don't hear. So does that mean it is possible for you to have eyes, it is possible for you to have ears, and you know hear, and you don't hear, rather. So, and with this course, I'll be dwelling on the topic which says causes of spiritual deafness the causes of spiritual deafness so what is spiritual deafness spiritual deafness is the inability to hear god and be guided by the holy spirit spiritual deafness is what happens when a believer cannot say with certainty that they were led and guided by the spirits when making major and important decisions. This is when a believer cannot boldly say that, oh, when making this decision, I was late. It's more or less like if you want to make a vital decision in our life, maybe marriage, and uh, maybe in business, and finances, and you can't boldly say that, okay, what is your conviction? Can you boldly come out and say that, yes, I was led by the Holy Spirit? Or I had the inner man spoke with me and said, oh yes, I am making the right decision. Just like a story Pastor once shared with us of a man that was into stock. And um, he and his wife were, they were watching this, the news. And suddenly they realized that where he has invested in, that they had a crash. And the wife was really worried, like, ah, oh, our money has gone. But the, the man was smiling. And he told the wife that I had a day before to withdraw all my money. So in our, in our own day-to-day activities, in our decision-making, what exactly, how, how exactly are we living our life? Are we living our life as guided by the Holy Spirit? Are we making our decisions as guided by the Holy Spirit? And mind you, I want us to realize that for everything we do in our life, as we wake up in the morning, each and every move we make in our career, in our business, and also in our finances, every bit of it, it is very, very important in our growth and progress in life. So for everything we do, 
we need to hear from God. You don't need to say that, okay, uh, maybe I'm going out, what should I wear today? Mm, uh, I don't need to tell the Holy Spirit, I can just wear anything I like. Because the way we appear matters a lot. You might just step out and just say, I like what you're putting on. I like these outfits. And that might be our door. That might be the open door for us. So in everything we do, in our business, in the way we spend our money, in the way we relate to people, in our quality relationship, it is very, very important we hear from God. So I'm going to go on with some few points, the, the causes of spiritual deafness. The causes of spiritual deafness. Number one, I'll start with lack of attention or awareness. Lack of attention or awareness. If you don't pay attention to the Holy Spirit, you won't hear from Him. It is more like um, if a, a latest G wagon, you got it, you bought it, you packed it in your compound. And every day, as you are going out, you bought it with your money, still you packed it. You are not moving it, you are just walking past it every, each and every day, not doing anything to it, not paying attention to it. You are just packing it. The car is of no use to you. So if you are not paying attention to the Holy Spirit inside you, if you are not paying optimum attention to the Spirit inside you, it will be of no use to you. Let's open to Isaiah chapter 42 verse 20. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 20. It says, Seeing many things, but thou observe not. Opening the ears, but ye hear not. You opening the ears, but ye hear not. It is whatever you pay attention to that works for you. It is whatever you pay. If you don't pay attention to the Holy Spirit, there's no way you'll be led by the Spirit. And also, like Mr. Is it, I think it's Mr. Biomi, he said, Pastor have actually mentioned to us that whenever we hear the inner man speak to us, it is not a thing. It is the Holy Spirit. So you need to be conscious that you are a spirit being. And it is that consciousness that will give us the awareness that we need to pay optimum attention to the spirit inside us. And if you are not paying attention to it, if you are not even aware that you are a spirit man, there is no way you will be led by the spirit. Number two, ignorance. Ignorance. Many people are oblivious or ignorant of the fact that they have spiritual ears. And they are supposed to be hearing anything from the Holy Spirit. I emphasize on anything, 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 anything. You know, it is so, so very detailed to the point of what you eat. You can hear from the Holy Spirit. To the point of what you wear, the water you take, the time you sleep, the time you wake up, anything. Let's open to Isaiah chapter 4 verse 6. Isaiah chapter 4 verse 6. Or oh, Osai, sorry. Is it Osai? Am I pro- Osia, Osia, okay. Sorry. I don't really do well in my English class. But it's mathematics. I'm very good at it. <laughs> Osia chapter 4 verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. My people are rejected for lack of knowledge. Are you aware that you have a spirit man in you? And even if you are aware on it, what are you doing to build it? Are you seeking for knowledge on how to improve, on how to, how to constantly hear from the Holy Spirit, on how to build your inner man? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
are you the kind of person that they'll say that okay let us pray like pastor used to tell us that you say plus jesus minus satan knowledge actually it plays a very very vital role in our life so ignorance also can cause spiritual deafness ignorance can cause spiritual deafness and number three it says natural or fleshy concerns natural or fleshy concerns their minds and heart is all cluttered up with natural concerns our basic need of food clothes and shelter are genuine needs but we must never allow the needs to get to the point of overwhelming when you get overwhelmed with your needs you make it difficult for yourself to even hear god for the way out are you overwhelmed are you concerned about what you eat tomorrow are you concerned about the client that ah this client has been on my neck or how will i saw this or ah my boss is always calling me do this do that just like um, the drama um, expression did last year, the result for hard work is more work. So are you consigned? Are you consigned on what your children will eat? Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 to 33. It says, don't worry and say, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we hear? That's what those people who don't know God are always thinking about. Don't worry. Because your Father in heaven knows that you need all these things. The Bible also says, seek first the kingdom of God and every other thing will be added unto you. So what, are, what is distracting you from hearing God? Is it your business? Or is it the car you just bought? Like pastor jokingly said to us, like if you got a car now, you now say, ah, this car is dead. No, 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 I can't take it to just this money. Or you ah, oh, this tire is down. Ah, I mean, I've been driving to church for the past four weeks now. Are you not expecting me to enter Kekenapek? Are you consigned? Are those your priority? And thinking too much about these things can cause a distraction. It can cause a blockage from you, from hearing from God. So, let us seek first the kingdom of God. And every other thing will be added unto. God knows our needs. He is very, very, very much aware of our needs. He knows we want this. He knows we don't want that. But he also said that I will provide all your needs according to my riches in glory. And do you know how rich God is? He said it himself. That he's going to provide all our needs. So we need to prioritize our needs. And what should be our needs? Seeking first the kingdom of God. Aligning with the spirit of God. Hearing from the Holy Spirit. Because a word from God can change your life. There's a book, one word from God. A word from God can change your life. Just one word. One idea can transform our life. So let us know how to balance things. Like, oh, okay, mm, check your account balance. No, I am blessed. I am blessed. We speak positively to ourselves. I am blessed. This will not be a distraction. I am blessed. For I know that all things are working together for my good. And I know that my path will shine brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. So nothing will hinder me from hearing God. Number four. It says, talkativeness. Are you talking too much? Talkativeness. Talkativeness in this context is chattering all the time, especially about natural and carnal things. Now, carnal things are not necessarily sinful things. They are just unprofitable things. The chief of all, talkat- of all talkativeness is gossip. Gossiping will destroy your spiritual sensitivity. Um, Reverend said something while he was here. He said, um, it is a dirt that they throw garbage into. I don't know, it does mean. So, if you are the type that, oh, 
people, well, this person, they come and meet you, they dump this person's story too. Then, practically, you are, you are Loma. So, we need to be conscious. What are people saying to us? And are you talking around? Are you talking around? So, we need to actually place that priority. We should be conscious of what we say to people. We should be conscious of how we relate in the public. Of the things we say. If you are talking too much, there's no way you hear from God. That's just, it's, it's very, very simple. If you, are, if you are the music type and you listen to music, like me now, uh, I think the love has reduced. I like football, but I think gradually the love is reducing. If I'm watching football now and I'm talking, I won't concentrate. Even Mbappe should score now, I won't know. I might think it is Cristiano Ronaldo. So, it's as simple as that. So, even if you are talking too much, the Holy Spirit does not mingle around the noisy place. The Holy Spirit is always looking for a subtle and quiet place. That is the best place. And that's why we call it, the first thing we do in the morning is what? Our quiet time, not our loud time. So even if you are talking too much, you won't hear. So if you are talking too much, maybe the word is from you, let us reduce it. Number five, busyness. Busyness. Lack of quietness. Most don't take out time to just wait and listen to the voice and direction of the Spirit. Prayer is not a monologue, it is a dialogue between humanity and divinity. If we should notice the life of Jesus, Jesus was often alone. He was often alone. And he taught his disciples where to place and where they could be alone. If we should notice his last, his last days of Jesus, he's always alone, that quiet time, that quiet time, that quiet place. It is very difficult to hear God's voice in the midst of noise and a crowd. It is very, very difficult. So are you too busy? God will not fight. He will not say that. No, God will not do that. He will leave you alone. And let us know that if God is far away from us, it is not God that is far away. We are the one that is far from God. So God would rather just stay on his own. Let me wait. Just like the prodigal son. The father knows that the son has gone for a very long time. He's aware of that. But the father just like one day my son will come back. So if you are all busy going on and all about, like doing things, and not even looking for a quiet place for us to just... God will just keep looking at us. So it is very, very important to have a quiet time, to have a quiet place. Just this serene moment of the day. Whereas we be alone, we can be quiet and we hear from God. Number six, low word level or no word content. Low word level or no word content. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It says, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of their mouths, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And thou shalt have good success. How is your, how is your word level? How is your word level? Are you, how often are you meditating on the word? The Gateway Church has created a very, very good platform for us. We have our word for the day. How often do you study the word of God? How often? So if you don't have enough in you, you won't have enough to spit out. If you don't have enough in you, whenever circumstances come our way, how are we going to address it? How are we going to address it? It's more or less like it's cute. The more experienced you are, the more seamless it becomes for you. 
So, in our own case, how are we digesting the word of God? How are we digesting, digesting the word of God? It's more like if you're in school now, as a student, if, you know, no matter how small the book is, if you study a day before exam, there's, there's no way you, success is not, is, is not for you. But for the people that they have a constant study time, they have a constant study time. They've, they've, they've been studying right from the beginning. And let me know that because I, I, I experienced that too while I was in school. Most people say, it's for me to la cram la pour. Okay, after you've done pouring it out, after a few years, if they ask you, yeah, this, what do you know? Mm, that's gone. So it's not just for us to just read that, oh, Proverbs, blah, 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 blah. Yes, now the devil come. I bind you, blah, blah, blah. In the next few days, if the devil come back, that same situation, what are you going to say? Then you start murmuring. So we need to have an in-depth understanding of the Word of God. Not just scraping through and no. We need to have an in-depth understanding of the Word of God. God speaks to His people principally through His Word. If you are not familiar with the written Word, you might never hear the spoken Word. Yeah? If you are not familiar, if it is too difficult for you to even read it, you might never hear the spoken Word. Now number seven, distance. Every distance between man and God is created by men. The farther you are away from God, the more difficult it will get to hear from God. If there is ever a distance between you and God, you are the one who moved and created the distance. If there has ever been a distance, you are the one. It's more or less like the law of mentorship. Like the pastor told us, the reverend, reverend told him that it is an hungry man that goes after food. It is not a food that will take the two legs and say that hungry man, they come and eat me. No, it is an ugly man. So more or less like our relationship with God. If God is far from us, you don't say, ah, like if something, one or two things is happening, you say, ah, God, why me, why me, why me? No. We are the one that is far from God. God has always been there. God is always there and God will always be there. So you are the one that will determine the distance you want to have. Do you want to be far from him? And you are either far or close. You can't be in the middle. You are confusing yourself. So you are either far or close. Number eight, hardness of the heart. Hardness of the heart. The more you disable God when he instructs you, the more adding your heart becomes. The more you disobey God, the more adding your heart becomes. Hardness of the heart is caused by constant and habitual disobedience. The more you disobey God, the more difficult it will be for you to hear Him the next time you need to hear Him. The more you disobey God, the more difficult it will be. You know, so, sometimes we all see God as someone that is not principled. And God is very, very principled. Just like we human now. If you are telling your daughter, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And the daughter kept doing that same thing. And maybe eventually, oh, Practical example. Don't follow that boy. Don't follow that boy. You are following that boy. Now come on, there, daddy, the boy. Mm, I told you, didn't I? So the more we disobey God, the more it's going to just oh, let me leave them. You won't hear. And the disobedience is subtle. It is not like God will just tell you that ah, okay, daughter, I wear red and black shoe tomorrow. It's not that something big. It might be so to that, drop that pen there. Okay, daughter, I need you to just withdraw this particular amount from your account. Little things like that. Little things like that. I'm here before God. I, I, I want to say something now. Earlier when I was coming to church, my mind, the Holy Spirit told me, drop the key. 
I was like, mm, my brother will come straight to church. And on got to church about, I think, 15, 30 minutes, my brother called me, ah, I'm at home. I'm like, okay, you see yourself? See yourself. I was like, I'm going to say it. Subtle things like that. So the more, if it is constant, if it is constant, you know yourself, your mind, your conscience will tell you, you are not listening. So when is now the big day? Maybe you've been disobeying God, you have not been hearing, and you are now 35. As a lady, you now want to get married. You are not seeing uh, Brother Mark, Brother Markwell, and Brother Mackinson. You are not saying, which one should I choose? God will not answer you. God might even bring Brother Yakub <laughs> and give you a strange name entirely. So you just need to be very, 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 very sensitive. Very, very sensitive. Number nine, worry. Number nine, worry. Worry is simply meditating on the wrong things instead of the world. You are meditating on the wrong things instead of the word. Let's open to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that makes transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Worry. You know, Pastor said it was earlier this year that 2024 is not going to be an easy year. It's not going to be easy for us. It's not going to be easy for us. No, it's not going to be easy for them. I, I, I take back my words. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. It's not going to be easy. But what is our own experience? And a lot of people, I think, better days are here. I, I, I think I stumbled upon someone's status yesterday. Like, maybe someone posted, maybe 2015, $1.228. Currently, I don't even know. Fine, it's good to be, to be um, current. But I choose not to know it because that won't determine my own experience. So we need to come to that awareness. A lot of people will say, love that. This brother, it is just like someone once said, if you are not appreciative of the land, you will not eat the good of the land. So we need to take off the worry. We are Christians. God has spoken to us. His promises is, is never failing. And as Gateway Church member, we know this is our better days. It is even obviously designed. You can see it. There's one, it is summer, and there's one like the, the grass is green. And funny enough, Nigeria, what is our flag? Green, white, green. So our grass will always be green in this year. So we just need to take that hope that we don't need to worry. No matter what comes our way, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. For my own part, we always shine brighter and brighter. Our own part will always shine brighter and brighter. Let's say it's my part will always shine brighter and brighter. One more time. And lastly, a poor prayer life. Or a lack of it. A poor prayer life. Or a lack of it. Daily recalibrate. And now watch the is even starting this Saturday. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate Jesus. Watch the is starting this Saturday. Are we not happy? Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. It says, I will stand upon my watch. And set me upon the tower. And the watch to see what he will say unto me. First Peter chapter 4 verse 7 also says, The end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. The key here is praying a lot in the spirit. 
is he's praying a lot in the spirit. Praying in tongues is one of the believer's greatest assets. Greatest assets. If you are all commercial or account students now, like Mr. Okoya, you know that they are assets and they are liability. And most times we are always proud of our assets. Just, just so imagine that you have the greatest assets and you know you have it at hand. You need to be proud of it. So praying in tongues is one of our greatest assets. So we need to make good use of it. How long do you pray in tongues? How often do you pray in tongues? How long and how often do you pray in tongues? Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2. I want us to read it together. Media, please help us. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Now let's go. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. How be it in the spirit he speaks mystery. The more you pray, the louder and clearer you hear from the Holy Spirit. The more you pray in tongues, the louder you hear from the Holy Spirit. It is more or less that you are building the muscle. The more you go to the gym, the more you get bigger. So the more you pray in tongues, the louder and the clearer you, you hear from the Holy Spirit. So how often do we pray in tongues? So we need to be very, very conscious of this in our day-to-day activities. If you want to hear from God, if you want to, like, to align with the Spirit of God, pray in the Holy Spirit. It is a, it is a very, very obvious cheat. Just like those that I used to play, I played game a lot growing up, PS2. So I know some cheats in PS2. So now you and some it's not everybody that knows cheats. But now we as Christians, we know the cheat of this of this thing now. That praying in tongues, you hear from God. And if you hear from God, you can never miss your way. You can never miss it if you hear from God. So what do we ought to do to make sure we pray more in tongues? It is for our own good. It's not if God is not there praying in tongues, we are the one. So tonight I want us to rise up on our feet. Let us rise up on our feet.